the Raising the Bar podcast, brought to you by the Association of Gray's Inn Students. Hello and welcome to the Raising the Bar podcast. I'm Eleanor Johnson and today we're really lucky to be joined by David Forster QC and Tony Charles, who are here to talk to us about a very timely topic, which is scholarships. Tony Charles is the Director of Education for Gray's Inn and David Forster QC practices at Landmark Chambers and is our Master of Scholarships. Good evening, both of you. Good evening, Eleanor. Hello, Eleanor. Tony, what are the purposes of Gray's Inn Scholarships? Uh, the purpose of our scholarship programme is really to promote talent and to ensure that those that are most needy and have the greatest chance of succeeding and excelling at the bar have every opportunity to make it. So we use our scholarship funding to not only promote talent and to make sure that, that people make it in their in their chosen career, but also to make sure that we really are a force for social mobility in doing that. So we make sure that not only we're we providing scholarships to those who are deserving of them, but those that have the greatest financial need will receive the most money in that process. And David, what sort of qualities are you looking for in a Grayson Scholar? The starting point, obviously, if you want to be a barrister, is that you have to be academically strong. And so academic ability is a, is a, is a necessary starting point. Uh, but then it's much more than just getting good grades at university or through A-levels and so on. Uh, what we're looking for on top of good academic ability is good problem-solving skills. So wider intellectual ability, uh, the ability to laterally think and original thinking, trying to solve problems, trying to work through complex information and to extract key information and then to be able to form an argument around the key information. That's that's a key bit of the of what we're looking for. We're also looking for drive and determination, which um, is necessary to be a successful barrister. We need a strong work ethic and we need to see through the process the ability to overcome adversity or to achieve goals and remaining calm under pressure. Then, of course, nobody's going to be a barrister unless they're okay at advocacy, and that means written and oral advocacy. So we'll want to be able to test your written advocacy skills, and we do that through the application form. And then also your oral advocacy is uh, what we test in interview, and what we're going to be looking for in interview is your ability to argue your corner, sometimes under quite a bit of pressure, um, (laughs) and to stick to the argument that you want to put forward. Uh, and finally, we need to see motivation to succeed, which is all about whether you've got a clear determination and a clear game plan as to how you're going to make it at the bar, because it's an intensely competitive exercise, obviously, getting to, to the bar. And we need to be satisfied that we're giving scholarships to people who've got a clear path as to how they think they're going to develop their career. So, David, there are clearly lots of qualities on top of good academics, which are really, really important when applying for scholarships and when going to the bar. And obviously, students applying will be thinking about their academics. How important is it to have a first class degree or to go to Oxbridge or a Russell Group University? 
Um, it's important to have a very strong academic background, but we contextualise academic background and we're not smitten by Oxbridge firsts. Mm. So we, we look to see people who've got very strong academic backgrounds, and that may be exceptionally high grades all the way through from the top schools and the top universities, or it may be a slightly less traditional route where people have shown academic excellence in different ways and then got to the point where they're able to show consistent academic excellence through university or through postgraduate work, or even occasionally just through the jobs they've done. So strong academic background does not mean Oxbridge or certain schools or certain grades all the way through. It can be different depending on the person's situation. No, I, 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 I didn't get a first. I didn't go to certain schools and um, the scholarship was was fundamental to me getting to the bar. So no, absolutely not. It's We're looking for talent wherever it is. I can attest myself as a state school student who also didn't get a first. Yeah, I agree. It seemed the focus really was on my potential to become a barrister, which comes from lots of different things. And I, I really felt that during the application process. I didn't feel an outsider in that way. And one of the interesting things about the panel is that there's a very widespread of people on the interview panels who come from all different walks of life, all different backgrounds, some of whom have been grazing scholars themselves. So we've got a, a broad mix of people who understand the importance of scholarships to career progression for people from less traditional backgrounds. Tony, when people are applying for scholarships, they're probably thinking about their chances of success. What are those chances of success for people applying at the moment? Um, they're really good. Um, and I've got some data for you from, from, from last year just to bring this to life a bit. Um, we received 270 applications last year um, for this is for bar course scholarships and 165 came to interview. So that's 61% of people get through at that SIFT stage um, to come to interview. Um, and then at interview of those 165, we awarded 83 bar course scholarships last year. So that's 53%. So we're pretty consistent there that your chances of success if you get to interview are, are over 50%. And that percentage actually climbs slightly at GDL, where some 60% of interviewees are being awarded a scholarship. I see. Thank you. And... With regard to the application process, David, Gray's End does a paper sift and then interviews, whereas some ends guarantee an interview to everyone who applies. Why does Gray's End have that approach instead? Uh, there's two main reasons. First is we don't think it's a sensible use of resources or fair to individuals to call them for interview if there's not much chance of them getting a scholarship. Uh, but the second and most important is that we regard the form as a key part of the process and we're looking on the form to see skills in terms of ability to express oneself persuasively and concisely and to be clear at the very skills you need as a barrister. So people who've put a lot of effort into the form, that pays off and we really do expect to see a good quality form. And Tony, David's spoken about this uh, good quality form. What to you does a good quality application form look like? I think, we, I mean, we in the education department have the opportunity of looking across all applications. And for us, the time people take on a form really shines through. So an application, a good application for us, 
the true qualities of an individual really shine through. And it, picking up on David's point about written advocacy as one of the key characteristics we're looking for, we need that uh, that individual to come to life for us and for us to see their true strengths and their true abilities. And time spent on the form shows through every single time. And then after the application form, of course, is the interview. So how do you decide who comes to the interview, David? There's a shortlisting panel that that shifts the applications. First of all, the education department sends us a scoring of some things that are capable of being scored, which are things like degree level and academic scores historically. And then the shortlisting panel basically goes through our criteria and decides whether the person looks like they have the potential to get to the sort of level that we would be expecting if a scholarship was going to be awarded. That's quite a rigorous process and we have multi-marking and we have anonymous uh, marking so that we're not overly swayed by university or by the school people went to or even actually by academic grades. The whole purpose is to make sure that the form is marked objectively as possible so that we can get, I think it's about two thirds of people in for interview and then and then see how they perform an interview. And you said earlier that the people on the interview panel are a really diverse range of people. Who is it that sits on the interview panel? There's a range. Um, there will always be one or two QCs on each panel. Um, occasionally there's judges as well. There'll be masters of the bench from different walks of life. There'll also be some junior barristers who are committed to social mobility, for example, who just volunteer to be involved in this process. And what we try to do is we try to get a broad spectrum of people on each year to ensure that the panels are mixed. They're mixed in age, in seniority, in practice areas, in ethnic and social background and between the sexes, just to make sure that we've got a a sort of broad mix so we can all our collective views can all be put into the mix once we've finished the interviews. Each interview will normally have uh, three people, sometimes more on the panel, and then we all get together at the end to calibrate our marks to make sure we're awarding the scholarships appropriately. If I could just add to that, Eleanor, if I could. I, I obviously work very closely with the scholarship committee, which David chairs, to make sure that we are asking the barristers of the right diversity, the right age range, and and also the right, the the right range of practices to 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 meet to to meet the requirements of of the scholarships committee, and I think it's really worth mentioning here that the quality of the interviewers we have in terms of their drive to support the inn to make sure that we are allocating our funds to the most to the most needy individual and. I think it really is worth mentioning here the investment of time that the barristers who support us put in. Um, th- this is almost three, well, three or four days of effort to deliver these scholarship interviews, which barristers give up their their time to do ev- every year, and that that is that is really very impressive. And such is their commitment to see uh, Grays in getting the right quality of of individuals in. And one of the best things about the mix of the panels is that we have very spirited discussions at the end of the day, each day, as to our respective views of the merits of individuals. And having a very broad spread of panel members means you get a very wide range of views. And and often I find myself changing my views when I listen to what what I've heard from other members of the panel. So it's it's a good mix and it's quite a rigorous process of sort of cross-checking each other to make sure we're, we're coming up with consistent decisions. 
So these are people who are giving their time and who really want to see the best in the people before them and who really care about the people before them and about their potential careers. Yeah, I mean, the, the first criteria for grazing is that we want to give our scholarships to people who are going to be truly excellent barristers. So if, if you're highly able from a very privileged background, you'll still get a scholarship. But we're interested in seeing talent from wherever it comes. And obviously, as, as Tony said, when we get to the means test stage, the greater the need, the greater the financial need, the greater the financial award as part of the scholarship package. Tony, can you describe how the means test works? Yes, absolutely. Um, so the first stage is completely merit-based. So after the interview and after the deliberations, we will pull together a list of those individuals that have been awarded a grazing scholarship and there will be an amount that each scholar will receive some people that'll be quite a large amount because that will be one of the named scholarships and you can see those on our on on our website but everyone else will be provided the same amount initially um, and that amount last year for example was five thousand pounds Every individual is then invited to apply for a top-up, a means-tested top-up, where each scholar will receive a form which will ask for assets, liabilities, potential course fees, living expenses, everything in their financial background, but also some important questions about how the scholarship will impact their overall ability to come to the bar. And that allows us to make an objective judgment about an individual's financial circumstances. And we then make sure that the individual who is of the greatest financial need will get the largest amount. So it could mean that the person who was number 83 in our scholarship awards in terms of their merit score, if they were of the greatest financial need, they could be awarded the highest amount. So people will always get scholarships based on merit first. And then once you decided that, you then look at means. Absolutely. I see. Thank you. And, and the scholarships seem to serve two real purposes. The first is getting a grazing scholarship is, is highly prestigious and, and therefore important for pupillage applications and any other job applications and so on. And secondly, it's uh, necessary for some people, uh, the finances are necessary in order to help them get through bar school. And at the second stage, the mean testing stage, we can sometimes award such large sums that it makes the difference between people being able to go to bar school at all um, uh, and therefore opens the door to them to a career at the bar. So really, really influential scholarships. Yeah, I think so. Tony, Gray's Inn also has a really amazing opportunity in the form of residential scholarships. Would you like to tell us a bit more about those? Yes, we, uh, we're we very lucky that we have the opportunity to have scholars living in the inn. And for London-based students, that is an incredible opportunity to, to live in, in the heart of the inn for, for their bar course year. So after the, the initial scholarship award, every bar course scholar is then invited to apply for a, a residential scholarship if they wish. We currently have 14 residential scholars that will be subject to a different interview process. Um, the criteria are slightly different and we, we of course make everyone aware of those 
before the interview, um, but also whereas we're, we're not only just looking at all of the criteria that David has already mentioned, we're also looking about contribution to the life of the inn at that point as well, and, and students' willingness to really be a part of the inn and embrace that in their, in their year living with us. The, the inn remains incredibly committed to its residential scholarship scheme because we just feel that in many ways, students are such an important part of, of the inn and we can only really achieve that by having students with us and living amongst us as important members of the inn. And, and the upshot of what Tony's just said is that some people who get a scholarship might find themselves getting, say, a £20,000 Hale scholarship plus some means-tested top-up, plus a flat in the inn, which obviously is uh, can make a huge difference to their prospects of actually being able to make it to the bar. And the opportunity of living so centrally in London as a student is almost unheard of. It's uh, an amazing, surreal, but amazing opportunity to live in the inn, and I definitely recommend anybody to apply if they'd like to. And, and some of the masters of the bench are very jealous of the students who get the flats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is quite uh, slightly strange uh, sometimes walking up to the flat and walking past all the other barristers and uh, just uh, yeah popping up to your central London flat in Grey's Inn. Yeah. <laughs> Eleanor, can I just ask, it, it would seem a bit of a missed opportunity while we've got you on the podcast not to, to ask your experiences of, of interview. Would you mind yeah. talking talking about that? Yeah, so um, I decided to apply to Grey's Inn. I didn't really know that much about the inns and I'm sure a lot of people listening who are thinking of applying for scholarships can relate when I say it all felt quite overwhelming and it felt very confusing and um, all of the inns are beautiful and when you don't have experience of them, it can be quite daunting. But I had met a few members of Grey's Inn through sort of uh, law events at university and everyone was very friendly and very welcoming. And I came to a couple of events as well and just really, really liked it. So I decided to apply here. I heard it was smaller and more friendly and that was definitely confirmed when I arrived here. Uh, In terms of the application form, it did take me a really long time, I think, because I knew um, a lot was riding on it. I knew that my written advocacy was really going to be scrutinised. So it, it did take a long time, but it was worth it. And also, I think it really gave me an opportunity to speak about various experiences, which maybe on first thought didn't seem that relevant. So, for example, I, I think I spoke about my work in cafes and how this showed into personal skills and how I can use that to talk to future clients. So I realised it didn't all have to be really law focused. The interviews themselves were of course going into the interview you're going to feel a bit daunting it's going to feel a bit daunting you always feel a bit nervous but I before the interview I read up on current affairs I made sure I was sort of you know you don't have to know everything about everything but just make sure you have some opinions on um, the current affairs and, and the main things that are going on in the world I think when I was applying a big story at the time was the issues with Shamaima Begum and all of that was in the news so I think it's very important to read up on those sort of things. And funnily enough, that did actually come up. So um, that's definitely something I'd recommend doing. Everyone was very friendly. Everybody was very welcoming. In hindsight, I look back at some of my answers and think I babbled a lot. But they they didn't cut me off. They didn't um, look at me and think, why on earth are you here? They really helped me to answer in the best way that I possibly could. And I completely agree there was a diverse range of people on my panel. 
And the residential scholarship was very much the same, um, very friendly, very welcoming. And yes, I was, I was very lucky to be awarded a scholarship and a residential scholarship. And as I said, living in the inn was the most surreal but amazing experience. I think showing friends who aren't in the law world where you live, I, I think it's very hard to describe. And, and then you show them when they go, oh, my gosh, you're living in Hogwarts. Um, so, <laughs> uh, do you do you really have access to the walks do you do, is this really your flat or have you just broken into somebody's flat um yeah yeah so I would thoroughly recommend applying for scholarships and the residential scholarship and it's made a real difference to me and in terms of applying for pupillage it's a real way I think to demonstrate your commitment to the bar it, it's another way to demonstrate your commitment to the bar a great answer thank you that was a very long-winded answer. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, very, 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 very impressive. Thank you. I'm, uh, yeah, not used to answering the questions. It's harder than it looks. I've got... <laughs> um, some people say to me that when they come into the interview, it's pretty daunting because it's often in one of the grand rooms in the inn. Mm. Um, did it feel daunting to you or was it, was it okay? I suppose the inn itself is... A really impressive place but because of that it is quite daunting I suppose and I think it did actually perhaps put me in the zone a bit more because I, I felt I was very much in this legal place I'm trying to so I think in for my first interview I was in a very grand room I think I was in the benches library which is very ornate it's very beautiful it's very traditional and for the residential scholarship interview I was in a conference room which is much more a typical conference room once you're in there you wouldn't necessarily be able to tell you were in Grey's Inn. I'm not sure I felt much different in either of the settings I think the knowledge that it was an interview and and you're faced with three very friendly barristers but still three barristers um, which as a as a student is quite daunting Um, so no I, I I wouldn't say it was too daunting Obviously, when I was applying, there was no pandemic, but the students applying this year are faced with the pandemic. So how is the process working in light of that? Um, I I think we're um, we're, we're we're reviewing how we do everything in the inn almost on a daily basis, it seems at the moment. Um, but, But at the moment, we are planning on delivering the interviews online. And likewise, sifting, etc., will all be done on online for the panels as well. We, we had a bit of practice. So, so last year's GDL scholarship was all online on Zoom. And indeed, many of those GDL scholars will be applying for bar course scholarships this year. So, so they will be used to it. But I think our experience is that the process actually works pretty well on Zoom. There are, of course, a few things that you miss out on uh, and maybe it's a, a little a little harder for, for the candidates and the interviewers but on the whole we still found it a pretty comprehensive process so we're preparing to do all of those online. GDL will fall later in 2021 so there is there still remains a possibility we could do those face to face but we'll keep that under review. So it's still very much working, just slightly differently to how we'd expect. Absolutely. Are there any final words of advice or encouragement that either of you would like to give to people applying for scholarships this year? If, if I can butt in there, the um, Grayson is quite small compared to some of the other inns. And because of that, it's got quite a high success rate in people who apply for scholarships. Uh, and also we're in a very fortunate position where we can 
award really quite large sums of money occasionally to people who really need it to be able to get through the course. We're always focused on finding excellence and potential, but we're also trying to ensure that we find it wherever it may be, irrespective as to people's backgrounds or universities or schools or whatever. And, and each year, if you look down the list of people who are awarded scholarships, you see it in the newspapers once a year. If you look down the, the list, it's an incredibly diverse group of people from all sorts of backgrounds, all sorts of universities, different countries, a very wide range of individuals. The, the thing that unites them all is that they've been identified by some senior barristers as having the potential to be real, really strong barristers of the future who Grayson want to support through their difficult but, um, but necessary track uh, to the bar. Um, and I think I, what I would add as well, and, and picking up on David's point about the size of the scholarships, um, we want our awards to make a real meaningful difference to, to people's chances of success at the bar. So strategically, the inn could double the amount of scholarships and halve the values, but you know we don't feel that makes the difference to, to, to people's chances of success. So one of the things that we're very proud of at Gray's Inn is the size of the scholarships and the difference that makes to people's prospects. And I think the other final thoughts I would have is, is uh, anyone going through this process, it's to be as well informed as you can. So I'd just like to do a, a bit of a plug for the website. And on the website, if you go to the scholarship section, you'll find quite a lot of information. There's also a, a really good film on there, which is also on our YouTube channel called Behind the Scenes, which indeed David also, also is interviewed in that. And again, it gives an insight and you get to hear from some of the panellists as well who, who were, were interviewing in that particular year. So I think it just helps individuals go into the process, not only with eyes open, but I think with, with, with hopefully a, a, a sense of confidence that if they, are, if they have the quality, they are absolutely going to get through. I think this is really, really encouraging for potential students. I know if I was applying this year, I think the all of what both of you have said would be extremely useful and extremely encouraging. So thank you so much, both of you, for joining us today. We really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Raising the Bar podcast. Please subscribe, rate and review. And for more information, check us out on Twitter. Raising the Bar GI.